Welcome to Insights, an Amplify original series giving you insights on cultural myths, employee engagement, and why it all matters. I'm Nicole. Last week, Santiago provided us with a new way of thinking about the role of leadership and engaging employees. It's a new economy fueled by people who think and not just do. So with that lens, we ponder the concept of purpose. How do we help our employees find purpose in the work? Or rather, how do we help our employees find meaning? And how can we engage them as people? The reality is that different people find sources of meaning in kind of in different ways. And so some people are wired to get meaning by the thrill of working together as a team and collaborating and doing something bigger uh, together than what you could do on your own. And that that sort of feeling of a, of a working team working well together is an incredible source of meaning for, for someone, uh, whether or not the company is doing anything positive for society. For others, uh, their meaning comes from solving problems and delivering an amazing customer service experience to customers. They love delighting them and, and servicing them, and, and they get meaning from just giving delightful experiences to, to clients and customers. And so I, th- I think as an organization, you have to credibly define what are the ways that we can actually deliver meaning to our folks. And then, and then the challenge becomes how do we articulate kind of our meaning strategy and then bring in the right type of folks that value that form of meaning. And so that that's at the, at the most macro level of kind of high, highest organizational hierarchy and structure, we think about it that way. But it goes down even into the manager level. And I believe that it's every manager's responsibility to understand how each of their team members get meaning. So for some, public recognition is absolutely amazing and it makes their month and, and, and it is just this incredible show of, of, of appreciation and it gives them tremendous meaning to get that public recognition. For other team members, that's totally humiliating and embarrassing and what they want is a thoughtful handwritten note um, or in fact they would actually don't need a note they would just like to take an extra couple of days of vacation to be with their kids and, and so I think it, it, sort of in a macro sense it's coming up with kind of a meaning strategy that's credible for the business um, whether it's in McKinsey talks about five sources of meaning working as a team uh, helping the customer uh, kind of uh, the, the self um, in, in the sense that, you know, paying for my kid's college, right? I, I get meaning from making money and saving for my kid's college and giving them a better life. Uh, another one is uh, the firm being part, being proud of where you work and feeling like you're part of a really special thing and contributing to the firm or the company. And then lastly, help, helping society in some way, doing some extrinsic good more than just making a profit that makes other people's lives better because of the value that this, this organization delivers to the world. So those are the five sources of meaning. And so we have micro and macro applications. The micro application is how can HR and C-suite enable, train, and empower managers with an understanding of what meaning is, equip them with an understanding of the the wide spectrum and diversity of how people derive meaning from their work, and equip them with a set of questions during their one-on-ones that they can use to understand how each of their direct reports give meaning, and then lastly, an individualized one-on-one plan for how they can deliver and really make that each of those components of meaning real for that employee. So if, if the team 
or a particular person really skews toward and really loves it and lights up when we share customer success stories of life change and, and things like that, that our company and our team delivers, then instead of talking about how this is helping the world or this is helping uh, the team, let, let's bring in that client and that customer or that person, bring in that story and share it inside of that team, right? How do we create personalized meaning uh, plans for, for each uh, employee, essentially in each team member at the micro level. And at the macro level, I, I think HR has a responsibility to educate managers and leaders about what meaning is, how it helps them win. And I think that's one of the missing gaps is HR understanding what the success goals and targets are of the business function or the functional leaders, and then articulating a credible case how a deep understanding of meaning and individualized meaning plans for their team members can actually help them achieve those functional targets and goals that help teams win. The reality is, in many organizations, people, culture, and HR professionals talk about the importance of meaning, but aren't fully equipped on how to tie it to an existing motivation the leadership teams already have. And while the organization may have identified a purpose, employees can't drive meaning in their work solely through a company mission. Meaning can't be done in silos, and it is definitely not the sole responsibility of HR leaders or managers. Rather, it has to be driven from the top down. So what we see happen is it, the meaning, becomes a really nice idea that doesn't get prioritized because it ultimately doesn't get the company closer to achieving its targets and goals. Or does it? Knowing what we know about the workforce evolution, HR was a back-office support system that handled transactional, process-oriented tasks. That's no longer the case. So as the evolution of the HR function continues, how can the HR team support the CEO by playing a more strategic role while creating a positive impact on employee engagement? Because of all of the changes that are happening in business and in society and what employees need in digital transformations, in industries getting disrupted and, and having to rethink their business models and the incredible amount of change, the pace of change in organizations, the need, there's a tremendous need by organizations today for not back office process workflow HR, but transformational people and cultural change agents. And as I talk to the most successful HR people, first off, their, their titles aren't even HR. They orient themselves as, as people in culture. Inherent in the HR title, has got the human resources. We're talking about human people and we're calling them resources. Just They're just the human kind. Um, and so I think even the terminology and the name for HR, you find yourselves in, in, the, in, in the most effective and, 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 and modern of organizations, they, they've changed the name. And yes, it's just a cosmetic name change, but I think it speaks to this idea that what transformational leaders do is under, they so deeply understand the business and what it's trying to achieve and the business model and what makes it profitable and what the market strategy is and what the product or service strategy is. And what they do is they get to know that so well that they then create a people strategy that then helps the organization achieve their business and market strategy. So all of this is great. We get it. There are different ways people find meaning in their work beyond the company purpose or mission. But here's the challenge. How is an HR professional supposed to advocate for change in the organization? I wanted to get another executive's perspective on how employee engagement is no longer an HR thing. 
It's something that directly impacts a company's bottom line. So I invited Craig Anderson, former president of Student Connections and owner of Craig P. Anderson and Associates. Student Connections was a call center business, and most of our employees sat in the call center, and those industries are typically subject to high turnover, and that was very expensive for us. So we were constantly looking for ways to reduce that turnover. And when we tied that to the culture that we wanted to build, we realized employee engagement was going to be a key component of that. So we worked very hard on building up communication infrastructures and helping the entire team start to understand what our mission was very clearly and more specifically what their role was in helping us to achieve that mission. So we spent a lot of time both in the onboarding process as well as having different events and doing book clubs for that we would invite all team members to, including call center team members. And it really started to build a culture for us that even when we were working with Amplify, we saw our scores move up significantly over the period of a year. Uh, and where it ended up paying off for us as a company, because many times people will say, well, what's the, what's the ROI on engagement? For us, we ended up with a call center that had less than 10% voluntary turnover, and that saved us somewhere between eighty dollars and $100,000 a year in costs of hiring and onboarding new employees. So for us, just that piece alone was worth the investment effort that we made. And as I started moving off uh, from Student Connections, we sold that business back in June of 2018. I wanted to continue to pursue a personal mission of myself of helping to build leaders that we built in our company and actually do that for individuals and help them to grow as leaders. And the challenges I hear from a lot of leaders that I speak to are how do they get their teams engaged and involved? And where that really starts to come down to is things like making sure that they clarify their message to the employees. Uh, making sure that they are actually spending time engaging and talking with their employees and being very clear about what the mission and the goals and objectives are of the company. And many times those pieces of data sit way up in the C-suite and they're not really promulgated down into the organization. And they're, Or if they are pushed down into the organization, they're not put in a way that the employees actually can embrace and understand. So what we're really trying to do when I go out and work with companies is help them create a business plan that can be communicated to their employees, have plans around how they communicate in regular engagement with employees. It's not just standing up and doing town halls. Uh, it also includes things like being available. Uh, we were a company of 70 employees and growing, but I made time every day as the call center staff came in to kind of be out in a public area. Uh, I made time to have lunch in the break area so I could engage with employees. And that's where I'm trying to help leaders kind of see, you know, the engagement starts with them. And if they work on engagement as the CEO or the leader of the company, that's where it all starts. And it comes downhill from the CEO. And when you talk about you know, what advice would, would I have for a CEO on working with their HR leaders? I think many CEOs look at employee engagement as some sort of HR issue. I kind of envision in my head pulling the HR leader into the office and say, hey, I read this article in Harvard Business Review about the value of employee engagement. Go work on that. And if the CEO isn't personally invested in driving that engagement and actually leading with that engagement and being part of all the efforts and initiatives, it won't work. This is not something that you can delegate as a leader. There's some activities and things you can delegate, but it really starts with the leader because everyone from your leadership team to your staff are going to look to how you're acting 
And if you're acting in a way that's driving engagement, that's going to build engagement through the staff because it's going to feel very real and it's going to feel very validating to the staff that they're part of something, that there's not this kind of artificial hierarchy. This is really something that the CEO says, I want to do, and I'm going to show you how I want to do it by being part of it. So I think the advice I would have for HR leaders and talking to their CEOs is make sure they understand the criticality of their role in employee engagement and actually making that a, a goal for the business that's aligned with all the other strategic objectives of the business. The last person I pulled into this conversation is Jennifer Hodnett, VP of Human Resources with Nolan Transportation. I wanted to get her perspective on how her role has changed and evolved as she's led their HR department. So really, HR's perception has changed where when I first started, you know, I was just there to, you know, help with some paperwork and, and complete some processes. And, and over time, we moved more into the compliance aspect, um, you know, making sure we we're following all the right policies, developing policies, releasing them, those types of things. And, and really, that was our function for probably the first year and a half to two years. And really, more recently, um, over the last couple of years, uh, we've been getting involved in more things. Um, involving our people, our culture, developing um, and coaching people, you know, really, you know, engagement specifically as well. Um, so really, we've changed a lot over that course of the last four years from really just almost serving an admin function to being a full scale, you know, HR department that we're taking on more complex um, projects and, you know, being relied on a lot more by our leadership team to provide guidance and support on some of our business's day-to-day needs. I guess one time it, it went fairly well. Um, probably about a year or so into my tenure, our sales commission plan changed and, and that was rolled out you know, by our executive team. And um, unfortunately at that time, it didn't go very well. I think it, it leaked and the message got convoluted um, and it, it was not a huge success. But then last year, we went through a compensation study. We decided we needed to update that commission plan yet again. And this time, you know, our team was fully involved in, you know, the developing of what that would be, how to roll it out. Um, we produced, you know, full, you know, frequently asked questions for our sales and leadership teams as far as scripts for our managers on what they needed to say and, and really how they needed to convey what we needed to change made a timeline for every office on, you know, who was going to be in what meeting and when, just so we were very coordinated um, and strategic on how we would manage the messaging because our salespeople are so important to us. We wanted them to to feel that, you know, value and, and have our message conveyed very clearly. So we worked very closely with our executive team to make sure that that communication was well handled and put out there in a way that would be well-received. And it went over very well, um, especially compared to, to the first time um, we had rolled one out. It went over well, it was well-received, um, and overall very successful. Jennifer provided a great example of how working closely together with her C-suite through the business lens can create win-win outcomes. Next week, we wrap up our first Insight series. You'll hear from Craig and Jennifer again, and of course, Santiago. We'll share how to create a credible business case for your people strategy. To put it plainly, if you're in HR, you will not want to miss this episode. We give you the exact way to get a seat at the executive table.